the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Back on the Bruce Hooley Show, hour number two. Catch the podcast at TheAnswerDayton.com and at 989TheAnswer.com. And it is always a pleasure to have with us our next guest. He is Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. Opportunity Ohio is online at OpportunityOhio.org. And Matt is back from a foreign trip. We will talk air travel in Port Columbus. But first, I, I would imagine, Matt, you're clearing the decks. Have your popcorn ready tonight for the primetime hearings about January 6th. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be watching that circus. Uh, I'm going to be doing something productive in my life, as will 99.9% of all Americans. What do you make of the—is uh, this just like the ultimate Hail Mary for Democrats to try to mitigate what appears to be coming in the midterm elections because they have nothing on their record so far with the Biden administration that they can point to as a resounding success or even a moderate success? Yeah, it's pure desperation. I mean, that's why they hire some Hollywood producer to try to make it slick and, and interesting. And, you know, the fact of matter is most people recognize the vast majority of people that were uh, in the Capitol were nonviolent. Uh, they didn't injure police. They didn't, you know, they didn't demolish any type of property. Uh, in many cases, the doors are open for them. And they get that this is, you know, much ado about nothing and that we have bigger things to focus on, like, oh, I don't know, attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice, you know, families being killed every weekend in major cities. I mean, things that actually matter to people. Mm -hmm. I would uh, be, you know, uh, amazed if we hear much about the assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh after one day. Uh, This is, uh, to me, a story that should be uh, round-the-clock coverage because you want to talk about a favorite Democratic phrase, attack on our democracy, uh, planning to assassinate a Supreme Court justice after groups have published his address online and the FBI left has wing done left-wing yeah, groups left-wing groups and and the FBI has done nothing to enforce the statute that you're not allowed to protest outside Supreme Court justices homes and yet I look on the New York Times website today and the assassination plans of this wacko from California are the 15th story there are 14 bigger stories in the world than the assassination attempt of Brett Kavanaugh according to the New York Times and let's just keep in mind, as as the Biden administration and Department of Justice, the FBI, Homeland Security keep talking about right-wing violence, of which we don't see hardly any or any of it all to talk about. This is now, in the last, what, five, six years, the second attempted assassination of a political figure by a left-wing activist, right? We had Steve Scalise mm-hmm. almost killed, along with other Republican members of Congress, as well as now a Supreme Court justice. And yet, we're going to still hear about, oh my gosh, right? this alleged white supremacist, white ring violence. I'm not saying there's not white supremacists out there. There are idiots in every country, in yeah. every, in every, in every uh, uh, city, right? You can't stop that. 
but that is a small fragment of people. And guess what? They're not doing much violence. It's the left-wing folks that are doing violence all day, every day across this country. Matt Mayer is our guest. He's with Opportunity Ohio. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ohio Matt. And if you do, you note that he was in uh, Europe. Was it Finland where you were recently? The Netherlands. Netherlands. The Netherlands. So how was the trip? What was the purpose? Tell us about it. it. It was good. I was there to do speeches in Amsterdam in The Hague on the U.S. midterm elections. Uh, so, you know, big, big issue for Europeans. I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen after, uh, you know, November and how it impacts foreign policy and, and other issues that they are care, care about. So it was a good trip. Got about 36.7 miles of walking in in four days, if you can believe it. Um, but, uh, but you know, it was the return, the return part that was kind of aggravating, Bruce, I have to tell you. Yeah, tell me about, like, how what is it like flying back into the U.S.? Are all the COVID prohibitions and tests and protocols and hoops you have to jump through, are those gone, or do you still have to do that? Nope, you still have to do it. And the CDC and Biden administration are still requiring U.S. citizens, before coming back from abroad, uh, to get a COVID test within 24 hours of the flight coming back uh, or a note from a doctor saying that they had had COVID within the last 90 days and they had uh, they had uh, recovered, are safe to travel, and that, uh, that, that accompanies the test. Well, I didn't have COVID in the last 90 days, so that didn't apply to me. So I had to run down some facility uh, near the airport to get a COVID test, spend another you know, 50 bucks uh, to get this COVID test that was negative. So I could then go to the go to the airport and go to my gate. And if I'm sitting at my gate, Bruce, I've got like, you know, probably five, at least five people that are that are obviously sick, right? Mm-hmm. Coughing, hacking, mm-hmm. snot, all that stuff. One woman was just, you, everyone was looking at her because she was just couldn't stop coughing. She had snot everywhere mm. and, and she got to board the plane. So this gets into the stupidity of our policy, right? Which is, first of all, if you to fly now internationally, you have to be vaccinated, right? So we're all vaccinated for COVID. So that then turns it into, and I don't want to call it a vaccine. It's really a pre-therapeutic, as you know, because it mm-hmm. doesn't vac- vaccinate you from anything. It Correct. makes the symptoms less, right? Well, if that's the case, then why do we have to get COVID tests? If, if I've got COVID, I get on the plane. Well, everybody's everybody's got the pre-therapeutic. So what's the big deal? Worst case, people are going to have mild. It's no different than somebody gets on the plane with the flu, with strep throat, with some other communicable disease, which we don't test and require tests for, right? And this woman and about four or five others that I saw clearly had a communicable virus of some sort that they were on that plane. And as it just so happens, Bruce, she sat right behind me. Oh, lucky you. Oh, yeah. And she took her snot-stained coughing hands. She was touching everything. Every time she coughed, you know, my seatmates and I would flinch with fear. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't do that yeah. part. But... But it was just, you know, it's this dumb policy that requiring people to get uh, a test before coming back while we're letting illegals come across the southern border who are not pre-therapeutic shots, who who then don't give the shot to, we let them release them into the streets of America. So this is the nonsense we've got to stop, right? The travel is going to be high, and we need to let people just travel and assume the risk, especially since they all have to be vaccinated, (laughs) that, hey— you know what, if I get it, it's going to be mild, just like if I, I caught a cold from somebody, I caught the flu from somebody, I caught strep throat from somebody. Life goes on, folks, right? And then when you land in Columbus, the poor Columbus is a god-awful mess, Bruce, I just have to tell you. Yeah, well, let's get into that. We're talking with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. He just returned from the Netherlands, and not uh, not a lot of travelers travel internationally, but a lot of us are back to the point where we're starting to travel domestically. I'm going to be taking a flight in a couple of weeks. It'll only be the second one that I've taken since covid came around and I'm I'm wondering, 
you know, I've waited 25 minutes in line at Wendy's the other day for my food. We've got all these staffing issues all around. Is that a problem at Port Columbus or what was your experience like flying out of Port flying out of and into Port Columbus or John Glenn International, I guess it is now? Yeah, look, it's clearly a problem. I mean, it is virtually every other flight, if not every flight, that when I come back, we land and we sit on the tarmac for 15 to, in this case, the last flight, it was 45 minutes we sat on the tarmac because either they don't have people there to get you into the into the uh, the, the, um, the gate. gate or somebody's there. And so finally we get into the gate and we get off the plane and, you know, get, the, get, get, get go to get your bags. And we waited another hour and 15 minutes before they got our bags uh. off the plane. And in, in, in out there. So you have all these people, who, some of which, like me, were international, been up since 1130 the night before to start my trip, you know, European time. I just want to get my bags and go. So we spent over two hours from landing on that runway until we got out of that airport. And then since at six o'clock in the evening, everything closes down at six o'clock at Port Columbus. So that's a joke of an airport. And all I'm saying is this. We are the 15th largest city in America, seventh largest state. We cannot continue to believe that we'll be taken seriously by the business community uh, globally, whether let alone domestically, if we have an airport that is a joke of an airport that can't staff properly, that isn't efficient and orderly, that doesn't have services for people beyond a you know 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. time frame. And, and that, frankly, you know, here we're bragging about this Intel uh, gig that's coming here, and we're going to bring all this business with it. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when they start having to deal with a rinky-dink airport like Port Columbus? That that everything just goes wrong when you when you when you're there. And so, at some point, and I've said this, Bruce, for twenty you know twenty years, ten years, I've been advocating it. We've got to do like a Denver International Airport in the Columbus area. Get out of Port Columbus. That's landlocked, can't grow, and we've got to try to steal some of the hub business out of Chicago because it's a god awful mess there because of the lake effect. Where we can truly kind of blow the city into the right way and, and create a, a world class operation here in Columbus that will let this state grow, you know, robustly. Well, I love the idea. I mean, we let Indianapolis lap us on pro sports facilities and great college sports facilities. I remember the time when we were the same as Indianapolis. And but Indy has definitely you know made us look bad by building the facilities that they have, attracting the teams, attracting the events. We're talking with Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio. Follow him on Twitter at ohiomatt.com. Curious to get your view as we wrap up here, Matt, on uh, this case the Ohio Supreme Court will decide about whether or not those who worked from home during the pandemic but still had to pay city income tax. They're sitting in you know. Johnstown, and they still got to pay Columbus income tax. Your thoughts on, you know, a rogue Ohio Supreme Court, at least when it comes to legislative maps, and how that one might break out? Yeah, look, I'm glad the Buckeye Institute, the group I used to run before starting up to Ohio, uh, is, is pushing that case. Uh, good, glad to see the Supreme Court's going to take it. Uh, you know, we should all hope they win that case, uh, and we should all hope that that case gets decided next year, not this year. Uh, with Maureen O'Connor, because my guess is she'll go rogue again and, and vote with the Democrats to to, to essentially do a, 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 a rejection of their case and, and let, let the cities keep the money that they frankly didn't earn because people weren't coming into the city using the roads and the services that they were taxing them for. They were working from home, and so you know I hope Buckeye wins, and and I'm glad that I'm glad they're pursuing that case. Fantastic, Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. Pleasure to have him with us every week. Matt, thanks so much. Follow him on Twitter at Ohio Matt. We'll talk to you again next week.
My thanks to Matt Mayer. Love talking with Matt. Smart guy. Sharp guy. It's really hard to find plain-spoken people who aren't afraid to take the criticism that comes with speaking the truth these days. Uh, at 1235, we'll tell you about a guy in the Ohio House of Representatives who I am impressed with. His name is Gary Click. I hope to have him on a future show to talk about uh, what he pointed out, shown light on, as it concerns Nationwide Children's Hospital. Now, Nationwide Children's Hospital is a very, very big entity and in many, many ways has been a huge asset to our community not just in Columbus, but throughout the state of Ohio. I'm sure that they have many, 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 many outstanding doctors and caregivers there. But within every organization, uh, there can be those who think they're well-intentioned and can be A, wrong, or B, can have too much license to do things that don't get the kind of oversight they should get. And that is where Representative Click came in. So stand by for that at 1235 today. Now, you might remember from your history in school, even back during my era, a little phrase called uh, taxation without representation. Uh, That led to us fighting for our independence from King George in the 1700s. But then again, there was no pandemic in the 1770s, and so I guess it was okay to protest against taxation without representation. But there was a pandemic in 2020, and if you were someone who one day were told not to come to the office from your suburban home, and then were told not to come to the office for the next few weeks, and then the next few months... And then that stretched into years, and I'm thinking of people from, oh, I don't know, Nationwide Insurance, many other big companies around Central Ohio. You might have wondered, hey, why am I still paying Columbus or Dayton or Cincinnati or Cleveland City income tax when I haven't set foot in the city in my office in months or more? Well, there is uh, there is a collection of people in the state of Ohio who grew to wonder the same thing. One of them is a guy by the name of Josh Shad. He lives in suburban Cincinnati in Blue Ash, and his office was in the uh, Queen City. And so he did what he was told to do. He stayed home, did his work from home, working remotely, as we say now, via Zoom. And he got to thinking, this doesn't seem right. That when I did my 2020 taxes in 2021, I still paid city income tax even though I wasn't in the city. Now, I'm familiar with this because I used to work here in Columbus at a radio station that was physically located within the city limits of Columbus. But I also traveled a lot while in that job, and I'm fortunate to be married to a very smart and a very wise woman who does taxes for a living. And she said to me one time, hey, there's no reason for us to be paying city income tax in Columbus when you were working elsewhere on certain days of the year. And so we petitioned for and received a refund. 
from the city of Columbus for the amount of tax we paid on days where I was working, but I wasn't working in the city. Seems pretty obvious, right? Grounded in historical fact, grounded in the principles that we have in this country. And I don't think, it's been a while since I've read it, but I don't think there's any provision in the U.S. Constitution that says this document is in effect except during pandemics. Then the government can take tax money from you even though you're not working within the municipal area where they're taxing you. So Josh Shad sues the state of Ohio and several other people have done the same. Five such cases are before the Ohio Supreme Court. And typically I would say, well, we have a Republican majority on the court. And certainly if we have any hope of upholding taxation without representation as a principle in our country, it will only be upheld by a party that is more often than not opposed to taxing people. But of course, the Ohio Supreme Court, well, the kindest way I can say it is that we have a fox in the hen house. The other way I could say it, but won't, ends with something in a punch bowl in Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor, who is apparently so mad that she's being made to retire because she is at an age where she has to retire, that she has been exacting her own personal revenge on Republicans in the state of Ohio by sticking her nose in where it doesn't belong on the constitutionality of legislative maps. And so the good news for Josh Shad and others is that Maureen O'Connor will likely be off the court before this case is heard at the end of this calendar year or in 2023. But I see no way other than, oh, wow, it's really going to hurt. Like, what are we going to do without this money? I see no, that's not really a reason to be able to tax people without having them actually work in your city. Think of how that would go if you went out and bought a bunch of stuff that you couldn't afford. And your credit card came due, and you called Visa, and you said, uh, but I really need a 70-inch TV, and I really need new outdoor furniture, and I really need a new zero-turn mower. See, can you tell the things I think about and lust after? Materially. <laughs> but the Visa people would say, well, I'm sorry, you bought it, so you have to pay for it. Or... You have to return it and live within your budget. And that is the message that the Ohio Supreme Court should give Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, Toledo, Youngstown, every city. Every city that taxed people who were told to work from home. They were following orders because COVID. And it's just tough cookies if Andrew Ginther has to return some of the money that he's spending on stupid, woke initiatives that aren't working anyway. And if Frank Jackson in Cleveland has to do the same thing, too bad. Democrats love spending money. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.